Canada's governing body of vaccines in this country, NACI, uh, doubled down today on its decision to delay second doses of two shots vaccines by four months, even though they have admitted themselves that they're only doing this because of a delay in uh, and a lack of supply. And that once they have supply, they'll move it back to two months. So it's very clear that politics is pushing this move. But, you know, those in charge seem to think that they know something that experts right around the world uh, are arguing against. So, you know, here's Canada going rogue on vaccines, and they are unapologetic. Dr. Byron Bridal is an associate professor of viral immunology at the University of Guelph, and he joins us now. Um, doctor, what was your reaction uh, to to this? I mean, are we are we do we know something that no one else knows? Uh, well, uh, it seems like Nazi's recommendations are based on uh, data that, that nobody, including uh, all the rest of the Canadian scientists, are, are completely unaware of. It's, it's very frustrating. You know, I, I'm a vaccinologist. I, my, my entire career is based on the study and development of vaccines. So I'm very much pro-vaccine, but I'm very much against this, uh, this dramatic extension to these intervals with no empirical data. I, it's very interesting, actually. Uh, so, so we've already seen the flip-flop NASI took with the AstraZeneca vaccine uh, and in terms of who, who should get that based on, you know, safety data after declaring to Canadians it was very safe. Um, that alone, you know, starts eroding public trust in the kind of, the kind of decisions they're making. And now I have to tell you, that this is a very interesting story uh, with these extended dose intervals. So uh, myself and a couple of colleagues actually wrote an open letter, and that included sending it mm-hmm. to NASI. And we were contacted by them and told, in fact, that in response to our letter, which of which the greatest uh, complaint, the one we focused in on, was the this interval issue, and pleading with them to to rescind this 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 recommendation, and uh, and so they promised to write a a, a scientific uh, article that would that would clearly explain to the scientific community why they have done this, all right. And so we were waiting with great expectation. And in fact, they, they have released this. They've released a, a few documents. Mm-hmm. And in, in the documents they've released to the public, they cite in there this, this quote, scientific document. And I just want to tell you about this for a moment and your readers. This is very important because this, this is the, apparently the entire scientific basis for this extension of the intervals. And, and note that this is, comes in the context as well of, of the international scientific community saying to Canada, this, no, nobody else is doing this. Uh, why are you doing this? Please show us your data. Um, surely you must have some kind of published scientific data, right? Um, and if you, if you don't, please publish it as soon as possible so the rest of us can look at this because maybe we'll want to do the same thing if it looks great. Now, what they published is, and this is very frustrating as a scientist, nothing against this journal, but they published their, their findings in a, uh, honestly, a very obscure Canadian journal. It doesn't even mm-hmm. appear on any of the major search engines that scientists around the world would use to look for scientific data. Uh, but it allows them to claim that that it has undergone scientific peer review, although even that is questionable. Uh, uh, as a as a person who does conducts peer review, there is no way this paper would be accepted into sort of an uh, an upper echelon scientific journal that one would normally publish in in the context of the international community. And I just want to give a couple of examples. So in this, they they try and provide the scientific basis for this. And for the average reader looking at this, they will see a number of citations. And in fact, when you look at the reference section, they have 23 references listed. So it it appears impressive. But I have to tell you, essentially every single reference is unpublished data. So for example, let me, this is going to give me an example here. 
they, they point out that there was no evidence of decreasing effectiveness of the first vaccine dose during the, the studied period with data available up to eight weeks in Quebec and British Columbia with no citation. Then they tell us that the vaccine effectiveness was between 70 to 80 percent in the United Kingdom uh, after a single dose. And neither of those papers that they quoted have undergone peer review and they have not been mm-hmm. published. Then they tell us there's no evidence of decline of the protect- protection following the first dose. And this is for the Pfizer vaccine in weeks that were studied by Public Health England with no reference. And this is really, to me, really egregious because the only data they show, and according to their data, they present one figure of data. According to this figure, it shows that the 16-week interval indeed seemed optimal. Now, this was based on a mathematical model. And having heard lots about the mathematical models in Canada, they dictate all of our policies. So this is an epidemiological model into into which a bunch of assumptions were plugged in. And remarkably, there is no information about this model in the paper. In fact, they admit this data model is currently being prepared for publication as at the time of writing. So it has not been published. We have not been able to Mm -hmm. evaluate the key model that that spit out this 16-week interval. So I, I, I tell you again, the questions that have been posed by the international community, which Tanasi is, where is your data, still stands as of today. We still have no empirical data to justify this increase to four months. Right. And yet, you know, there's a hesitancy in vaccines. I mean, people are nervous to take them. This just adds to that. Um, we need these vaccines to work. I mean, you know, that's the only thing getting us out of this. As you as you know, we're back into a third, you know, stay at home order for the next number of weeks. And uh, David Naylor, who is on the immunity task force, he basically said, you know, on the course, we're going with vaccines. Um, we are looking at a much shorter summer of freedom uh, because we just that's the tra- trajectory. And, and so. It sounds to me like the only way we're beating this is by giving as many people one shot and hoping to hell that more supply comes in, that maybe we can get more people too. Uh, yeah, that is not the right approach. So, so what we're doing, again, if, if I just cut to the chase here, right, we are taking experimental vaccines and we are using them now in a completely unproven fashion where we have in hand data that shows us that if we use them according to Health Canada's approved protocol, they work extremely well. And we had already agreed up front. I thought, you know, we, I think most of us thought in Canada that we had agreed, even before the vaccine rollout started, that we had agreed to a prioritization process. And mm-hmm. everybody agreed that this should certainly include the, the most susceptible, those people, that, you know, the, the, the very elderly and those who are immunosuppressed, right? Those who are at high risk of, of developing severe and potentially lethal COVID-19. And so we should be applying these vaccines properly. And I want to point out, there, there is actually hope on the horizon. Because what I want to point out is, what, every, what we're being told, what the public is being told, is everybody needs to be vaccinated. That, that's not true. Yeah. That absolutely is not true. We have to remember, the goal is not just simply injecting something into somebody's arm. The goal and, of the vaccine is one way to achieve this goal, right, is to get as many Canadians immune to the virus as possible. Mm. And we have to keep in mind there are two ways to achieve that. One is through vaccination and one is through natural infection, right? And yeah. the natural infection, what, what people have to understand is, once a natural infection has occurred and people have cleared the virus, that provides very broad-based and very long-lasting immunity that has been proven in multiple publications, peer-reviewed papers, that it is uh, quite protective and probably going to be more protective than the vaccine-induced immunity against the variants that will inevitably emerge because it targets multiple components of the virus, not one component. Yeah. 
and cutting edge data that was just published. So again, I'm citing published data right here uh, from a study that came out of, uh, out of um, British Columbia shows in British Columbia, there might be among the adult population, it's thought to be higher among children who've been back to school, among the adult population in British Columbia, there might be over 50% of the adults already immune to this mm-hmm. virus through naturally acquired immunity. So that's the good news. And so as immunologists, one of our, one of our suggestions here is knowing that naturally acquired immunity is protective and the goal is actually to acquire immunity, not just to stick a needle in somebody's arm, we could be not only prioritizing these vaccines for, the, for those who need it most, but among those people as well, if we were testing for evidence of immunity, we could exclude what, what is probably a very large proportion of the population sure. who don't need protection the, immediately. Yeah, but we're not even tracing at this point. So that, that, that is a, that's just a, a dream at this point. I just quickly, I've got 20 sec, I've got literally got 20 seconds. People are going to ask me, so what do I do? Do I get one vaccine and, and, and protect myself? What would you tell people? Get the shot? As a scientist, I, we've thrown the scientific process out the window in Canada right now, and I don't know why. There's a reason for it. As a scientist, I, all I can recommend is people are going to get the vaccine. They should get it according to the protocol that's been approved by Health Canada and approved by the manufacturers themselves. They will stand mm-hmm. by that protocol. As a scientist looking at the data, I will stand by that protocol. I cannot, in good faith, recommend any interval other than the three-week interval for Pfizer and right. four-week interval for Moderna. All righty. Well, that will uh, go down like a lead balloon for my listeners, but thank you very much. Doctor, I always appreciate your time, and we will talk again. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Take care. That is Dr. Byram Bridal joining us, and he is a viral immunologist at the University of Guelph.